Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back for our second episode of the week. Um, I guess depending on what day you start your week on. But it is Mental Health Awareness Week, so if you're following me on Instagram, you will have seen me popping up live every day so far this week at 8.30am, which um, for lockdown is quite early for me. So um, I wanted to be consistent um, and show up at the same time each day so that people would know when to find me. So hopefully you are tuning in to hear my thoughts about mental health and well-being and to answer any questions that you might have. So if you want to submit some more questions at Psyche Coaching on Instagram or Facebook, you can send them there and I'll do my best to answer them. So for this week's episode, I really wanted to bring out an episode that had a mental health related theme to it. Uh, And I had quite a few options, actually, because I've had some fantastic guests that I've spoken to uh, over the past few months. But I, I wanted to bring this one out because it ties in to a bit of a pivot that I'm making in my coaching and what I offer, which I will talk about a little bit at the end. And it has um, a focus on mental health um, and the impact of domestic violence on mental health, which is something that has been being talked about a fair amount with the lockdown and um, with the fact that actually for a lot of young people, their safe space may have been in school and so our guest Tiffany is sharing her own experience growing up in a household with domestic violence and how that has become her work what she does to help support children who are going through that experience and it was a fantastic conversation I really really enjoyed talking to Tiffany and I hope you really get a lot out of this episode and um, I guess a greater understanding of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, which is something that we have not really, not well, we've not touched on on the podcast yet. And we're all about bringing you a whole range of mental health experiences. So in the episode, Tiffany gives some recommendations of where people can go for support if they are concerned um, or because of domestic violence. And I said I would share some UK specific support. So the, um, I'm going to give you the free phone, 24-hour national domestic abuse helpline for the UK number. It will be in the show notes as well. And it is 0808-2000-247. And it gives you some information, your rights, your, your options, all that kind of stuff. But it has a quick exit, uh, that kind of safety exit, which Tiffany talks about for some of the sites and the apps that she is recommending so um the national national da helpline.org.uk is the website um and that's for refuge and um you can contact them online and it's got information so if you're in the uk that is somewhere that you can go for support uh, and the quick exit takes you i've just checked just tested it takes you to google um no back backspace uh, it just kind of just goes so um that is uh, somewhere in the UK that you can go for support. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode and I'll be back briefly just afterwards. 
everyone. I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Tiffany, to the podcast. So, Tiffany, welcome. And if you could introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about you. Hey, good morning, afternoon, depending on what side of the world you're on. I am Tiffany Mensa. I am an author and an advocate. I advocate for children and adults who've been exposed to domestic violence, getting the healing and assessing the trauma to come up with a plan of reconciliation for their mental well-being. And also, I, that, is, that is my life's passion. But during the day, I'm a marketing project manager, um, as well as owning my own boutique creative agency. So, Sounds like you're a very busy person. Yes. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to, uh, if you're comfortable, to, to go into your story um, a little bit and how you got to be where you are being an advocate for this really important area. Yeah, so at the age of seven years old, I witnessed my father abuse my mom. And not knowing at the time what abuse was from that before then, I thought we were a pretty loving family, caring family. And then um, seeing my father abuse my mom go through that, it was very traumatic. And as a kid, because it's never talked about and it wasn't communicated in the past, like this is what it is, this is how you process it was a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of guilt because I could not help her. And from that onset, it continued into this cycle until I was 17. So the abuse continued to go back and forth throughout those years. And as you, as it continues to get pushed under the rug as a child witnessing it, you look for other avenues as you get older to self-medicate that pain. And that was me. And my mom, they, the statistics say that between seven to eight times the victim will try to leave the abuser before leaving for good. And my mom was right at that statistic. So from the time that it happened, it wasn't just, I'm going to leave, but it became like a series of almost every year, some point in the middle of the year, we were leaving. And it was where we would seek safety from our caregivers that a lot of the additional trauma occurred because they were able to connect with my mom and empathize with my mom, but they did not know the signs of a child going through PTSD, which now children who witness or grow up in these environments have the same level of PTSD as a soldier returning from war. And so because I was displaying isolation, because I was displaying you know, um, anger, or I was labeled as something else, and it wasn't the case. And because I was being labeled those things, I just walked the, the manifestation of those things down, because I didn't see how no one could try or wanted to relate to me, but they could relate to my mom. Now, this also happened in the early 90s, before a lot of domestic violence agencies came to place now, which I'm grateful for that a new, sadly, this statistic continues to grow, but thankful that there are now another generation that can at least try to get that empathy that I sought as a kid. And because I've gone, I'm going through life not having my traumas addressed, then I'm, I'm looking to dating, I'm looking to guys, I'm looking to friends, I'm looking for all these other avenues to help with triggers that I didn't even know about. And it wasn't until after failed relationship after relationship and also now being in a corporate sector where it's bleeding into the corporate office where I'm having bosses and I'm having coworkers 
really challenged me that I'm like 24, 25 at that point where it's like, okay, maybe I am the issue. And I went to, I ended up going to a conference and that is where I connected that, okay, I want to go get counseling because a lot of the things that this conference talked about, I'd never heard these principles in my life, let alone digging into the roots of my past to assess, is this why I do what I do today? And it was through my eight to nine year counseling journey that I decided to do the work. And in doing the work, I determined, wow, a lot of these connect to little scared seven-year-old Tiffany. And a lot of how I process the world and see the world through these lenses is because of this home I grew up in. And I'm just replacing like my father for my boss. So I'm giving my boss a hard time because I see my dad, like that's a PTSD, that's a trigger for me. I'm having relationships with guys who I feel, though they're not hitting me, but it's still as toxic. It still has other toxicity that my father had that I didn't know was domestic violence because again, I'll go, we weren't talking about domestic violence back in the early 90s. So domestic violence to me meant it was physical, not knowing that it was also emotional, verbal, financial. And I found myself in each one of those situations. And it really, it was really stressful. I was really angry, even though I was successful at 24 and 25, I was very angry. And I began using my corporate accolades and my corporate titles to mask that pain only for it to just continue to bleed out. And it's one of those, I was very ego driven and ambitious too, because I wanted that little girl, everything went back to that little girl. I wanted that little girl to be loved. I wanted that little girl to show everyone who said she was this, that she wasn't that. When in reality, I needed to heal and find out my life's purpose in all of this. And in, as I walked down healing, as I walked down understanding my triggers, as I walked down how to properly grieve what I went through as a child and getting equipped with those tools, that is when my life started flipping for the better. And that's why I wrote my book, forgotten living in the shadows of domestic violence because it's it was actually my final college paper and it was a creative writing essay class and they wanted you to write about your life and my best friend was like you should write about your life and I'm like really no <laughs> and she said no it could really it, it's really good and someone needs to kind of hear like kind of start bringing that awareness so she was the first one to really lay seed to hmm okay so I wrote it and it it was just so therapeutic like I hit the the class requirement but I wanted to continue to write and in writing it out I kind of put it down so it was very angry in the beginning and as I started going through counseling I was able to take this manuscript to my counselor at that first session and say here's my life please read before our first session. Thank you. And it helped him to understand where I was. It helped him to intake me properly. And it helped him to, with him knowing my past and what I was dealing with in the future, like merge those worlds together for healthiness. And in doing that, I kind of just walked that down and began, started seeing purpose 
and begin seeing the healthiness and like the the healthiness and being healthy if that makes sense like it isn't just a cliche it it takes a lot of work to get there and it took a couple of counselors to even get to the counselor I went to to find the right one and the right fit for me and also aligning people around me having that safe tribe who was in it for who wanted to see me succeed in this area of mental health and from there I you know corporately I was excelling corporately I started connecting the dots of okay I am I have marketing is my background along with project management and it's like okay I was this way because younger like the arts always calmed me it was always writing was always my outlet and because I grew up in such chaos and I wasn't in control I am able to go into office settings and business settings and put things in control I can see vision in the midst of chaos it's like you start assessing those things of okay it wasn't I was put in this for a bigger purpose and then as I continue to walk down the layer of, okay, I don't just want to be a corporate success, which is cool for some people, but what is my ultimate life's purpose? And as I keep hearing the statistics of domestic violence and parents are being killed in front of children or the occurrence is happening in front of children, my heart began developing a passion for power the children healing. Like what's being, what is the safe spaces for children as well? Like what are the resources that are aligning? Like, yes, there are resources for the, the victim, but how, what specifically is just, this is just dedicated for you. And that is when I picked the manuscript back up along with getting married in, five years ago and inheriting bonus daughters and seeing just different life situations they were going through and being able to, hey, I don't want them to walk down my traps. So I'm going to pick the script back up and then write about my life in a healthy place. And now that I process back in those layers of feelings that I went through. So in my book, it is very me is so much of me talking about this is how I felt. This is what this moment put me mentally in. And this is what this situation mentally, this is how I was feeling because I want to share. I don't want to just talk about the event. I wanted to go deeper because a lot of times we, we talk, but we don't talk about how we feel. How do you feel? How did that make you feel? And that was very important for me. So as I pushed the book out and as I wrote the book, it became clear to me that, no, I am advocating for children and adults to get healing because uh, 1 billion children around the world are growing up in these homes. And there's 40 million adults that grew up in these homes. So what are, where are the healing stories? Where are the like broken, like the, the, the brokenness that's like, I didn't know I could address this. Let me address this. There are adults walking around that did not know that this was even a thing, that childhood domestic violence is an, is an actual thing. Of uh, So if you don't know if it's a thing, how do you treat it? And I want to bring awareness and healing to that. And that is how all of those things started aligning for me. Mm, amazing. I mean, there's so much I want to say. Okay. <laughs> and, and follow up on but. Uh, there's a couple of things I just really wanted to highlight for the listeners that I think um, that you articulated so well that the value of a therapist and someone to help you process things and, and unpick it and sometimes just the writing as well, being able to process those emotions and yeah. talk it through, think it through. And you said that you had quite a long period of therapy. 
but it took you a little while to find the right fit. And I think that's really important to highlight that the pers first person that you go to isn't necessarily going to be the best fit. You need to find someone that, mm -hmm. that you kind of gel with enough to feel yeah. comfortable enough to bring up all this, this really deep, uncomfortable stuff that, that you know, needs to be processed. Um, yeah. And I think, like you said, that you had this experience and you hadn't been aware of the impact it was having and that possibly reliving some of those patterns and and that's something that we all can get into these these patterns where you sometimes think why am I doing this why am I in this relationship with this person that's toxic why do I keep doing this and actually I think you expressed it so well of you know then going back and seeing kind of where where that came from and, and understanding it and I think it's um it's amazing that you've sort of taking that experience it sounds like you've got to a really healthy place in yourself and that now you're wanting to share that to help other people get to the same place and I think that's just fantastic so thank you so I'd love to find out more about with children what can we do to sort of raise awareness to get more support to to children or adults yeah. who've been through this experience yeah, so one of the things that I've been very pressed upon is I started my nonprofit. So, and that is to, again, to create the phase one of, let's just draw awareness that it's out here. Childhood Domestic Violence Association is an amazing resource that is dedicated for children as well, where there's videos, there are different um, trainings as well, just to ask questions. I grew up in this home. So what do I, what do I do? How do, what's my next step? And it kind of gives those paths. And I've been in close con connection and contacts with the founder about it, where the, the awareness is the biggest piece of it, of driving it and being able to create those safe spaces for children, being able to empathize with them. A lot of times the young mind doesn't know how to, articulate this is what I'm feeling this is how I feel out of fear of retaliation out of fear I might my parent might get hurt so being there having your presence felt is most important but look for the non-mentions the non-mentionable so for me I was again I was a writer I love things of the art I love arts and crafts I love taking walks in nature and listening to music. Music was really a, a big guiding post for me. And if you see that within a child, if you see those gifts within a child, try to find ways to cultivate with them to help them feel comfortable. And so it could be, let's get a, can we color together? And as you're coloring together and as you're encouraging them and you're speaking life into them, then they get comfortable. And then they're, they're able to trust you and they're able to kind of talk about how they're feeling, don't rush it. But again, patience, presence, and being understanding of what they're also going through. And even if it is a troubled teen, always ask the question, not what happened to you, but what can I do to help you? What can I do to help you rephrases it that like what you, from a negative connotation, what happened to you? That seems very negative, but it's more coming from that empathetic place of, how can I help you? Like, what do you, what do you need? What is that? What can I do to help you in this season? And in a lot of times I see this generation, this, the younger generation of teenagers. And even though there may be negative news or negative press about what they're doing, I always ask the question, 
that I wonder, I wonder if something is happening at home. I wonder if there's a layer of trauma there because that was me. I was that teenager that was completely acting out. Um, but for it was, I wanted to escape the pain. I wanted to escape the environment that was causing me so much stress. A lot of this, like my heart's thoughts and prayers have been with a lot of these homes as we go through this COVID-19 quarantine because a lot of safe spaces for children were at school away from environments like this. And I just, I'm not worried, but it, like I, I worry, but I don't worry, right? Because it's, it's one of those, I have to guard my mind from worry because I know that place it can go to. So I am going to think the best, hope the best, pray for the best so that I don't go down a rabbit hole of depression because that is a trigger for, for me. And that is one way I protect my mind now is if I start thinking about how I felt during those things, during those days, if we had a, a snow day and we were locked in the house, like I dreaded those days. So I can't imagine what the kids are going through right now. So I think about it and I instantly like pray about that situation. And I also look for how can I share resources? Social media is impactful right now. How can I put up the national domestic violence number? How can I put up numbers for if there needs to be local authorities called? And just making sure there that I can do what I can do to get the word out to spread awareness so that there, there are resources who, keep, or who are still working and advocating for you in these homes. Mm. And I don't know if the situation is in, in the US and I know in the in the UK we've schools have mostly shut now but they're staying open for the children of key workers, the people in the health service, um, mm -hmm. also for children who are um, either have additional learning needs or are at high risk. So yeah. that that depends on the local authority knowing that children are in the situation. So it doesn't cover all children, but it's yeah, some things. Um, yeah, yeah. I, um, I really liked when you, when you said about that question of not saying what happened to you, but mm -hmm. helping. And I think that's much more empowering because that question, what happened to you, is almost painting them as like a victim or powerless. And mm -hmm. there's something wrong, isn't it? It's quite like, what happened to you? Yeah. You know, I just really love that approach of like that moving forward or, or giving them some kind of um, being able to take control of their situation and kind of own it and move forward. And yeah, yeah, I had something else I was going to say, but it's gone. <laughs> that always happens. Um, so I guess we've talked a little bit, a little bit about uh, with COVID and, and with the quarantine. So um, and you said a little bit about what you're doing for, for your um, mental well-being and, and that need to separate so that you're protecting yourself. And so if anyone is listening to this and they're in a situation where they're um, experiencing domestic violence or they, they know someone that is, what would you suggest for ways that they can try and keep themselves safe as much as they can in, in, at this time? Yeah, so there is an Are You Safe app that you can download and it takes you through questions. You can answer these questions. Uh, first, it wants to see if you know if you're in this situation, answer these, do you know someone in this situation? 
And there's also a safety exit as well, where you can instantly jump out of there if need be. And then there's local number, there's numbers in there that you can contact. There's also resources and safety planning. There's tips within there that can help guide you, which is an, it's an amazing resource. And check out the National Domestic Violence Hotline online. Again, there's another safety exit if you can. It'll erase the history out of your web browser. But you, you have those online resources as your tool. There are state coalitions that are available as well that you can call and contact where they're able to coach you to shelters and also provide you with resources on what you need to do as well. Awesome. And um, I'll share some UK specific things when I do my little okay. to this episode as well. People will have already heard it by the time I get to this. Okay. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, because I'm, I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head what they are, but we'll, we'll share some of those as well because we have quite a lot of UK and US listeners. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. And just, um, I think it's amazing that you've, you've taken what must have been such a, a challenging experience growing up in the environment you did but turned it into something positive that you're you know, putting out into the world and helping others. And I just think that's amazing. I just want to thank you for, for what you're doing. Um, so I have some set questions that I ask everyone and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on these. So my first one is what always boosts your mood or what brings you joy in your life? Okay, boost my mood, definitely music. <laughs> definitely music. I love um, also spending time with my husband. We are, we are naturally happy people, so we have tons of fun, thankfully. I love family, you know, being around my siblings and daughters and, you know, just having a good time with game nights. That brings me joy walks nature walks out here in phoenix arizona you have a lot of mountains so you get to do a little bit of hiking and being off of the coast whenever we go to la and just able to just take in the oceans the ocean views and i love we love serving at our local church and love being at church as well so that brings that brings us joy so just being in mindful and intentional about uh the different activities to do, comedies, different movies, bring me joy. Those are my, those are my, my little arsenals of <laughs> pull here. If this goes here, pull this. Mm. And I think there's yeah. lots of great things in there about that connection and that things that are, are fun and enjoyable. And I imagine for some of them, maybe it's going to be tricky over the next couple of weeks with yeah. The social distancing measures but like you said there's the social media and things like the dancing and walks are still really good yeah. um, to enjoy that can kind of help people at the moment yeah. so I think some joy is what we all <laughs> we all need at the moment yes yes and protect and I, I I have to turn off social media after a certain period of time because it is so COVID quarantine heavy. <laughs> mm. And that is one of the things that I do to protect my mindset is knowing, again, especially with the, the childhood PTSD is I know it could be a trigger and I can't take so much negative negativity, negativity, because it will kind of, it'll try to put me in a place of depression and it'll try to bring down that mood. So I have to consistently make shifts and adjustments to maintain my peace and be aware of those boundaries 
to maintain that peace and maintain that joy because I know that where my mind can go if it's not protected. Mm. I think that's a, a really important point about that, that self-awareness, which is something that we talk about quite a lot on, on the podcast and knowing, like you said, your boundaries and then being able to recognize, actually, this is getting too much, yeah. possibly going to get negative. So I need to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the, the news as well at the moment, it's really important to have those boundaries and not be constantly consuming yeah. because it can be too much. So my next question is what makes life meaningful for you? What makes life meaningful for me is walking down, walking out purpose and knowing that the things that I've learned, I'm able to pass down, not only just to um, those outside of family, but also down to my bonus children, that legacy impact and not being able to contain all of those, all of this information and knowledge just for myself, but being able to help someone else overcome, to help someone else get healing, to see someone say, to hear someone say, you changed my life. That is, that what, that is what makes life purposeful for me and meaningful for me is I want to be just a vessel to that facilitates healing that helps you catapult your healing and be able to be the best person you can be. And even with my business, even helping business owners, I want to help you be the best business owner you can be. It's not in a, yes, you need to make money, but I'm more in it to help you push out purpose because your yes is connected and dependent on someone else's purpose in life. So making sure that people are able to live their best life and why they're here on this earth and walk out their blueprint. Amazing. Thank you for that. My, my next one, and we've touched on a bit throughout. Uh, so it's two questions, actually. So we talk about mental wellness a lot on the podcast. So the first part is mm -hmm. mental wellness mean to you? And the second is how do you look after your own mental well-being? What it means to me is the, the health of the mind. How healthy is your mind? How healthy is your mental? And for like walking down, um, how that meet, what that looks like for me is again, those boundaries are so important because if it is going to interrupt my peace, my joy, I have to make some quick pivots. And then along with continuing to check in with my feelings, like if I'm irritated with something, all right, Tiff, why did that make you irritated? Why do you feel like this? What is it about this situation that, you, that you're feeling these feelings? So staying in tune with my feelings and being able to walk it down. So I'm consistently, I'm not going to say consistently, consistently, but I am very in tune with how Tiffany is feeling and also getting clarity on like what's being said. One of the things that I did not know, I was, I was, thankfully I was healed and over a lot of the childhood stuff when I got married. So my husband got a whole and healed wife, but I did not know there were new levels of triggers on the marriage side that would go, go back to. So we did the work together upon the first six months of being married and going to counseling and talking those things out. So it is, being aware to know, oh, wait, 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 I don't have the tool for this. I need to go. I need to do my check-in. I need to do, so now, like, to me, counseling fixes, counseling, fi like, fixes and helps you uproot 
what those past things were. And so now it's moved from, it's not just counseling, but it's a coaching, coaching sessions now, because now it is, you have the tools, but here's some tools you may need to grab for this situation. So now it's a, it's a, it's still a consistency of check-ins with my counselor to kind of get coach me to use this tool for that and identifying those triggers. So I know my triggers and I know based on the trigger, what tool I need to pull. And that is how I'm able to consistently keep my mental health well. And thankfully I have a husband who he's also a protector of my peace also. So if like I'm venting to him and he, he's understanding cause he knows the triggers and he knows the background. He's quick to also say, you know, well, maybe you should step away from this for a season, or maybe you should have this conversation with this person, or maybe you should step and process this. So I also have that uh, additional layer of support. So that is your health tribe in a sense. So if you're not married, who are your friends that can be that voice, that advocate for you to coach you back to your healthiness and to help hold you accountable to the tools and the healing that you're getting. Mm. And I think that um, that really highlights that importance of communicating with the people around you so they know, like you said, your triggers, what you're going through, that they, they can mm-hmm. in that way. And I think it also highlights, so, you know, we, when we talked earlier and you were saying about the counselling you had previously, but still having counselling. And I think sometimes people can see it as something that they, they can be resistant to, or it's maybe just for like a, a quick fix. But I think there is real value in having that regular check-in, like you said, to be able yeah. to have the tools or to be able to talk about things that are, that are challenging. And whether that's counseling or coaching, I think it's really valuable to have someone who is separate to you and, and your family, who's a bit more objective that you can talk to and, and get support from. So thank you for, for sharing that. So my next question, sometimes a tricky question for people, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Can you describe your own mindset? Mindset. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. So my mindset, it depends on, honestly, it depends on the day and what's happening during the day. (laughs) Um, For the most part, I have a mindset of peace. Very, very calm. Very, again, joyful. Have a mindset of business. Um, because when I get to work, it it shifts to the things for the day and the meetings for the day, a mindset of purpose and how, what, what next do I need to push out to be able to impact my, my, my CDV tribe over here, right? A mindset of continually thinking the best. Because if I think the worst, again, it goes back to if I think the worst, I know I've been down this road. And when I think the worst, that ultimately impacts Tiff. And Tiff will turn into an angry person. Tiff will turn into a depressed person. Tiff will turn into cut off everyone person. So Tiff has to stay positive. That mindset has to stay positive. I am consistently in the process of renewing my mind all of the time. I am consistently in the process of if that thought comes in, then I have to change the narrative of that thought pretty quickly. Even with conversations with my husband, if it is a, like if he says something like 
instantly my mind may want to like what like catch an attitude but the the the, the mindset that puts positive in, in it is can you explain what you mean by that to think the best to feel the best to hear clarity and get clarity before I react so I am consistently putting my mindset in the mindset that I want it to be in versus letting my mind and feelings run and dictate me Mm. I, I love that example of your husband because I think sometimes people can say stuff and we can automatically, you know, what are you, what are you trying to say and go to the, the negative, but having that positive bias and yeah, going for that first and then asking them to explain because we've all had times where we say something and it comes out wrong and it's not what we mean or someone says something and in our head we have our own complete story that's completely different to what they meant. Yeah. I think that's a great tip for people to, if something comes across and you're like, Ooh, you know, what, what is that? Asking. Just what? ask it. Yeah. 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 And that's how it, it doesn't take root because I'm, I'm addressing it right on versus letting it sit, letting it simmer, letting the narrative that my mind wants to play to it. No, we, Hey, what, what did you mean by that? Can you give me a little bit of clarity on that? okay cool and a lot of times it's not as bad as what our mind was trying to direct us to think <laughs> yeah. I think like the it's it's an adjustment maybe to feel able to to question it because sometimes we feel awkward having that conversation and and bring it up yeah. and questioning people but I suppose that's better than getting really angry for the rest of the day because they said whatever and <laughs> yeah that leads really nicely into my next question. So I ask all of our guests to leave the listeners with between one and three strategies or tips of things that they can put in place in their life that are going to have um, a massive impact. So they could be general tips, they could be ones tailored to people who've had experience of domestic violence. It's up to you, but if you could share your top one to three tips for people. that Yeah. So I'm going to start it with a quote. And it's the quote that my, my counselor said to me, and I was like, oh, and it's such a profound quote that I keep it. He says, airplanes with a lot of baggage can't fly. It's up to you to take your own healthiness into your own hands as it pertains to your mind, soul, and body. So what bags do you need to take off the plane? And that was just so like, yes. And I use that because the first thing and the first tip I can say is, Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement is key and because you have to identify what you need to heal from. So acknowledgement is the first step, I would say, and then releasing is the second tip. And releasing is not going to be quick. Write out what your release plan looks like. Once you've identified this happened to me, then who would you write out your ideal self? If none of this had to happen, who you want to be. Okay, we can't take that away from what happened. So because we can't take that away, then why, how do we heal to get back to this ideal self? And from there, you make your plan on, this is what my release plan looks like, because I want to get to this ideal self. So I'm going to write out that maybe counseling isn't for me. Maybe realigning my friends for this maybe it's cutting off this type of habit making that plan uh, that release plan and then once you start your release plan and you write that down then my third step is to realign 
realign everything around that plan because your future self depends on it. Your healed self depends on it. Your trauma does not define you. Your trauma does not define your life. It happened, but you take control back and say, this trauma, though it hurt, though it was painful, it is going to be used for the good of myself and of, of other people so they don't have to go through. I'm going to be the voice for someone who doesn't have to go through. So, so no one else has to go through this. I'm going to be the voice for someone else to be, to be healed. And those are the, the top three tips that I can say that I would want to give to the listeners. Amazing. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, they're, they're fab. Uh, so my last question is, how can people connect with you if they want to find out more about what you're doing? If they want to find your book, where can they find you? Oh, you can go on my website, tiffanymensa.com. So that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-M-E-N-S-A-H.com. You can also connect with me on social media, Tiffany M. Author at Instagram, social media, uh, Facebook, any other social media outlets. I also have a YouTube channel as well. So yeah. Awesome. And we can put links in the show notes so people can yeah. easily from the episode. And my book is also on Amazon as well. I forgot to say that. It's on Amazon. And that's Forgotten Living in the Shadows of Domestic Violence. Amazing. Yeah. You can put the title as well in the show notes so people can find that yeah. from there. And people have got a lot of extra time on their hands. Um, reading is a good way. Yes, yes. And that time. Yes. So thank you so much for joining me today, Tiffany. Thank you. Yeah, I've really enjoyed talking to you and and just finding out about about you and what you're doing and I can really feel although we're very far away I can really feel your um, enthusiasm for, for what you're doing so yes yes thank you it was a pleasure so thank you again to Tiffany for joining us for this episode um and for really being open about her experience um and and the impact that it had on her uh, because I think as she said, sometimes we don't really think about the, the impact on the children in that situation and and it can have a really profound impact. Um, and so that kind of brings me, I guess, to my slight pivot in what I offer. And so, as I always say at the beginning, I'm a mental wellbeing coach. Um, and my background, as I also mentioned, fair amount is in education. And so really what I um, am doing is kind of combining the two. And focusing on providing mental health support to particularly teenagers uh, who may be experiencing depression, anxiety, who are disengaged from school, people who um, are on the autistic spectrum, but particularly Asperger's. So offering support uh, yeah, to teens generally, uh, mental health, as well as obviously the, the kind of ongoing mental health support style life coaching that I offer to individuals as well but this is um an additional offering if you like kind of putting together my my teaching and my coaching experience and Tiffany is one of a couple of guests that um will be on the podcast who are really working in this area to support young people with their mental health um I have a little statistic for you which is that 50 percent of mental health problems are established by the age of 14 which is, um, yeah, it's really shocking, actually. It's, childhood is such a um, 
an important time. It, it kind of sets you on your way in life. It's when you start developing who you are. And, and I think that is an ongoing process through life, but it really does set you up. It's where you establish your beliefs, your values, all those experiences that are making up who you are, your story, all these things that I waffle on about a lot <laughs> that make up who you are. It's a really important time um, and experiencing difficulties at that time can have a massive impact throughout your life. Uh, as Tiffany mentioned here, domestic violence, I've started talking more about bullying and the impact that had on me with my mental health and there are a multitude of other experiences um, from childhood that can have a lasting impact. So it's a little bit of a pivot, it's um, an additional thing that I'm offering uh, so if you are a parent who is concerned about your child's mental health or your own um, in supporting them and with homeschooling and everything that's going on, then at Psyche Coaching, uh, you can connect with me on social media or www.psyche.co.uk, P-S-Y-K-H-E, and find out more um, about all of that. And another reminder that hopefully you uh, you tuned in yesterday on Instagram at 4pm UK time to see myself and Jess Critchlow from Light Up Work go live on Instagram to talk about Boost Your Wellbeing, the virtual wellbeing conference that we are hosting on Saturday the 30th of May and Sunday the 31st of May from 10am to 5pm UK time. I think we've got around 12 guest speakers confirmed so it's it's going to be an amazing event and it is only £5 per ticket per day uh, and at least 50% of the ticket sales are going to be split between Mind and the Samaritans who I talk about all the time if you're a regular listener for the amazing information and support that they provide to people to help them with their mental health. So we would love to see you there um, and we are going live again on Instagram Thursday Thursday 21st this week and then Tuesday and Thursday again next week 4pm each day um, of those days obviously <laughs> UK time to just share more information and answer questions so if you want to come online um, and connect with us we'll be there all of this week for Mental Health Awareness Week I will be live on Instagram at 8.30am so it would be lovely to see some of you there obviously that's UK time and I know we do have a lot of US listeners hi <laughs> so um feel free to send me questions if you've got things you want me to ask if you have things you want me to answer um once I've been live I share it to my stories so you can watch it on the replay um but yeah I just really want to reiterate that what we're about at Psyche is offering support offering these honest conversations challenging misconceptions and offering practical advice so if there is any anything that you want us to cover support that you want us to provide for you then please do reach out and get in touch because we really want to be giving you something that that helps you that helps you to feel a little better about yourself and your life to help you to be kinder to yourself to help you to look after your own mental health um so yeah we'd love to yeah have your your ideas your thoughts uh, and last thing from me I feel like I'm sort of waffling a lot um 
but we do have a Patreon site now. So if you love the content that you, we bring you and you want us to continue to bring you these honest conversations, um, then we would love it if you would become a patron of the podcast. And this is um, something I've thought about with being able to grow the podcast and develop it. And for the kind of purpose of the podcast, the mission of the podcast, I don't feel like adverts is uh, the right way to do that. I just don't think they really fit with what we're kind of offering, what we're going for here and, and the kind of vibe of the whole podcast. So um, as I said last time, famous last words maybe, but um, I'm not planning to ever have adverts in the podcast. So Patreon, this is um, another way that we are looking at it so that we can try and grow the podcast and um, continue to develop it. So if you love it, um, then please do consider becoming a patron and you will get access to bonus episodes and we'd love to have your input in the creative process. Um, or you can support us by just sharing it um, with someone who you think would really benefit from hearing the the amazing guests we have on and my ramblings basically <laughs> the beginning and the ends of the episodes but I hope you are having a good week as the message of mental health awareness week this year is kindness I just want to leave with this just be kind be kind to yourself be kind to other people we don't know what other people are going through so I think if you can always just approach people and situations with kindness, that's a really good mindset and um, approach to life. And remembering to turn that kindness inwards as well, to show kindness and compassion and love to yourself, because sometimes we forget <laughs> that piece of it and uh, we don't look after our well-being. And as has been said before, on the podcast by uh, a few guests you can't give from an empty cup we can't show up for those in our lives if we are empty if we we've just got the dregs left so be kind to yourself nurture yourself and then you can give from the overflow which uh, is just a much better place to be able to give from I think so be kind have a great week and we will be back next Wednesday with another episode. Take care. Bye.